Hi there, it's Kathleen here, and welcome to The Gathering, bringing God into everyday life. Let me encourage you to not just listen, but partner with God and practice what He speaks to you. You can access more information about me, my newspaper articles, upcoming events, contact me, or purchase my book, Thriving Through Seasons of Grief, on my website at www.kathleenmaxwellramby.com. This podcast is now in 28 countries, and people have donated so that you can listen free. Will you consider paying it forward for someone else by giving a one-time or monthly gift? Simply click the button that says Become a Patron or Patronage at the top of the podcast. And don't forget to click the like or follow, and you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to um, The Gathering, Bringing God into Everyday Life. I'm so glad that you've joined us. And for those of you that have joined via Facebook, our lesson today is one that I'm very excited about. And it's called Freedom from Anxiety and Fear. How many of you have ever struggled with anxiety or fear in some capacity? I know that fear and anxiety um, held me captive for a number of years, and really, I had grown up in a fear-based home, and so I thought my fears were normal. I didn't realize they weren't, and that God had a better way for me to live um, until he began to show me some truth, and he was so kind. He just dealt with them one at a time, and... I love that about who God is. So today, as we go through this lesson, you might be saying, oh my goodness, I I realize I do have a lot of fear and anxiety and I never knew it. Just ask the Lord which one you need to deal with now, and then he'll be gracious to walk you through that. Um, I felt like this lesson was very important for those of us living here um, in Uvalde, Texas. We've certainly had our world rocked uh, since... May 24th of 2022, and I have also noticed just a number of people that have, it is like triggered anxiety that maybe you weren't aware that was even there on so many levels, and anxiety and fear is something that can really rob us and wear you out. It can wear you out. And literally, physically have an effect on you. The reality is, we really can't control anything. But when you walk with the Lord, that's where you find your security. So we're going to see what His Word has to say about that. I think with what has happened in Uvalde, it has really rocked the community because we've all had to come face to face with, we really can't control anything. Their things are beyond us. I think as women, sometimes it's real easy to try to control things. And the Lord is calling us to lay those things down. I also was visiting with a woman the other day, and um, she started talking about anxiety that she had. And it was almost like all these fears and anxiety were her friends. She entertained them like friends versus really seeing them for what for what they were and I think as I sat there and listened to her you know I just she said you know you're pretty peaceful and I said you know I try really hard not to let anything rob me of my peace and joy because I have a God-given right to walk in peace 
in any situation that I face, but I didn't always live like that. And so what is fear? And why is it important that we call it what it is and we deal with it in our life? You can deal with it in your life. It's not your job to deal with it in somebody else's life. But the more freedom that you have, the more you're going to have to give away. And I was able to just mention to this friend, I said, you know, I have a really neat testimony of how the Lord has set me free of numerous fears. And it's important to the Lord. Do you know that it's in the Bible 360 times it says fear not or do not fear? Now, that's a lot. 360 times. That's almost one for every day of the year. And it also shows us that it's really on his heart. And he's reminding us over and over again because guess what? We need, we need reminders. But fear is defined as an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief, and this is in your notes, that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or threat. It's the feeling of anxiety that the outcome of something or the safety and well-being of someone, that, you know, you're concerned about that. Now, I think that there's, there is a we do need to be cautious. Sometimes you might kind of feel a check and that might be the Holy Spirit saying, you just need to be careful in this situation. And that's not fear. That's just, I think, that sensitivity to the Lord, but it's not in his heart that we walk around stressed out and anxious all the time. Number one in your note-taking, fear is tormenting. Fear is a thief and a robber of peace, joy, and tranquility. It paralyzes us and it keeps us from moving forward in life. It's a thief and a robber. And anxiety is an emotion characterized by an unpleasant state of inner turmoil. Anxiety is inner turmoil. And as I look back, I see that for half of my life, fear robbed me of many opportunities and the freedom that God has for me. Fear is a silent enemy that whispers way too often in our ears. And it can manifest like butterflies or uneasiness in our stomach, panic attack, shallow breathing, jittery, or anger. Do you know if you, anger is usually a sign of one of two things, either fear or unforgiveness. And when I learned that, it was liberating. You've heard me say this before when I've talked about forgiveness. Whenever I was, I will see myself get angry, like really angry, I have to really step back and say, okay, wait a minute. What am I afraid of or who do I need to forgive? We don't have to beat ourselves up, but what is the real root 
that is causing that. And, you know, fear and anxiety, like I said, they wear you out and they can make you negative. People that have a lot of fears oftentimes are negative about the outcome. And yes, bad things do happen, but that doesn't mean everything is going to be bad. And we don't have to go into what I call kind of the Eeyore syndrome. <laughs> you know, you remember Eeyore? Um, that's not what God has for us. It tells us in John 10, 10, what Jesus came for. And it says the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and life to the full. See, the enemy doesn't play fair. Sometimes our fears can be rooted in our childhood. Um, it can go back even to the womb. I've dealt with, you know, people that have been through um, in my work, my line of work and social work and full-time ministry, just people that went through some kind of trauma, either before they were born or after they were born. And fear can set in. I know my mother, and I think that this is part of where the root of some of my fears started. My mother lost a baby right before me. So when she got pregnant with me, there was just a lot of fear of losing, of losing me. And, um, and therefore a lot of, a lot of the fear that I grew up in, you know, and I'm going to go over some of those, were just part of my childhood. But we are created to walk and trust God. Fear's main goal is to cause us to doubt the goodness of God and his love for us. Its main goal, fear's main goal, Satan loves and he doesn't play fair. He loves to try to tell us God isn't good, God doesn't love you. He tries to distort who God is and who he wants to be for you and me in every situation. Number two in your note-taking. Fear is contemplating your future and not factoring God into it. It's contemplating your future and not factoring God into it. You know, when we start to get those fearful things, we're, we're like saying in that moment or in that instant until we catch it, we're not factoring God into it. We're not seeing him as bigger. We're seeing whatever this we're afraid of as bigger. bigger. You can either magnify God or not. And I think so many times we have to make him bigger and we have to remind ourselves of his great, great love for us. Oswald Chambers, uh, he's a Christian author. He's written a lot of good books. I love what he says. He says, the remarkable thing about fearing God is that when you fear God, which means in this instance, reverence him, see him bigger. When you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. And Franklin Delano Roosevelt said, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. And I think these are two men that really understood, really understood and knew the Lord and knew what they needed to make bigger. 
So what are some different kind of fears? Well, I'm going to go over a few. You may have some that are that are different that you're dealing with, but I think some of these things can apply, and maybe you might recognize this. Um, like I said, I thought that they were normal. But some different kinds of fears. Um, one of the ones I thought of was one I remember struggling with, with as a 10-year-old little girl, a fear of death. I had a fear of death, maybe, and it was an unnatural fear of death. I remember there was a, a sign in Kerrville, and it would say, relax, you're in Kerr County. And even as a little girl, whenever I'd see that, I'd try to take a deep breath and relax. And I didn't realize how much, but I was afraid of going to sleep, to sleep at night because I was afraid I wouldn't wake up. Now, that is not a normal, there wasn't, I can't even think of something that happened that, that caused me to think that way, but it was something that was significant enough that I remember my parents really taking me, that was right when they had come into the things of the Lord, and I remember them taking me and having people pray for me because it was tormenting for me as a little girl, and the Lord did set me free of that. Um, a fear of germs. Now, we wouldn't have probably recognized that until we just went through COVID, but uh, my mother really had a fear of germs. She grew up, they had restaurants. My grandfather was actually the executive director of the Texas Restaurant Association, and so making sure things were right in restaurants was just part of their job. But my mother, I remember that, do you remember that Lysol, that nasty smelling brown stuff? Some of you that are older might remember that. Uh, I mean, my mother had such a fear of germs, she'd do the whole house, but then she would even wipe my hands with it. I look back and I'm probably toxic in some ways because of that. I don't know what she was thinking, but I thought it was normal to grow up like that. And when I went on my uh, my honeymoon to Acapulco when, with my late husband, I remember taking out alcohol wipes because my mother gave them to me. <laughs> and we're sitting there at this romantic dinner and I take them out and I'm doing the forks and things. And Joe's looking at me and he was like, what are you doing? <laughs> but, you know, that was just, there was a fear of germs. Well, fast forward to what we've all been through with the pandemic, you know, where we really had stuff that was was taking people's lives. All I could think of is thank you, Jesus, for setting me free of a fear of germs because I would have been an absolute basket case and would have made everybody around me a basket case. And the neat thing about freedom is once you taste it, you want more. Um, fear of failure. I look back on my life. I look back on the things that, you know, the gifts and talents that I have now. And I look back at all the opportunities I missed growing up and as a young woman um, because I had a fear of failure. I didn't go out for some things. I didn't try it because I didn't, was so afraid of failing. And it held me captive. Uh, there's a saying now, I heard it not too long ago, and it said, do it afraid. And I really love it because there are things that, well, could we fail? Yeah, we could. Well, could we look stupid? Yeah, we could. But what if we take a step and what we do is the right thing and it helps us and we overcome something? You don't ever step out. 
and totally have everything figured out. You might think you do, but there are a lot of things we have to just step out and do. And it's in that learning. Thank God for his grace and thank God that he's there to help us even when we make mistakes. But to get good at something, you're probably going to have to make some mistakes. But I look back at a fear of failure and how it crippled me. A fear of the dark. Um, it's a little embarrassing to admit, but I'm going to just be honest. I remember as a woman in my 30s with three children, I would not go out. And we lived in a very nice, safe neighborhood in town, but I was afraid to go outside in the dark. And when the Lord, when I recognized that as a fear, and I took it to the Lord and said, Lord, I want you to set me free of this. I'm calling it sin. I declare my trust in you. After that, I could go jogging at 530 in the morning in the dark and not be afraid. So I'm telling you, part of what I'm sharing with you are things that I know work because I've applied it in my own life. Fear of rejection. Has anybody struggled with a fear of rejection? I hate to tell this to you, but not everybody is going to like you or love you. That's just a hard fact of life. And it's okay. For you and me, we have to love them anyway. But there are going to be people that reject you in life. And I had a big fear of rejection in my life. And um, I'm grateful that the Lord showed me that. And now I really, I do, you know, that's something too. Once we've been set free, sometimes we have to continue to walk that out. But um, a fear of rejection can keep you from being who God called you to be. And a fear of rejection just being afraid to to have conversations or or be you is something that the enemy uses to hold a lot of people captive fear with children i know one of the fears i really struggled with i you know wanted to be a good mom is trying to teach my kids all about god and i wanted to be protective and i controlled my kids um a lot out of fear and uh, my older two, primarily, my younger one was younger, and I had more years to not <laughs> to to do a little bit better job. But I remember um, my late husband wanted to put our oldest. I had homeschooled my my kids in kindergarten, and he wanted to put our son. Then our son went to a Christian school, and then he wanted to put him in a. He said, I think it's time. I think Austin needs to go on to public school. And my heart just was beating 90 miles an hour all the time because I was just afraid to, you know, release. I was afraid of, you know, well, what if he learns things that aren't good? Well, what if this? And I mean, every what if I probably created it or something. But I remember just struggling so much for peace in my heart. And I realized that was right at the time when the Lord was setting me free. And one day I realized that that was a fear, a fear with my kids and that I wasn't going to always be with them, but Jesus was. And that was a real fear I struggled with that summer before um, when my husband said, I want you to go enroll him in public school. I mean, I was literally 
just shaking as I drove up to the school. And I know that might sound crazy to some of you, but it was just, I wanted to do things right as a parent. I wanted my kids to walk with the Lord. And I can tell you now, because my kids are 41, 38, and 31, that they're all walking with the Lord. And they're all very sound. And they're all training their children in a lot of the things that I did. But we can struggle with fears of letting go of our kids. And here's the reality. Let go a little bit every year of your kids. Because at the end of the day, they belong to God. They're not yours. He's just loaned them to us in that. Um, fear of man. Maybe you struggle with the fear of what others think. Maybe you've struggled with feelings of you're not good enough. That is a fear. I think that all of us have struggled with from time to time. And how about a fear of the unknown or a fear of the future? (coughs) Fear of the unknown or a fear of the future? You know, there's so many things as I've thought about this, and I thought of, I have like five examples here. I've got a big lesson, but I just thought, um, I had a woman call me this week, and she said, will you, um, will you pray for me? I lost my mom when I was 50, when she was 50, and now I'm that age, and I've got to go get a mammogram, and I'm really afraid. And you know, that's a little, you can understand how she might wrestle with that. But there are things that at times we're going to have to do and walk through that. And as we face our fears, as we call them what they are, then we're going to be able to walk in a greater freedom. When the pandemic hit, um, I had a trip planned and I was headed to uh, Hawaii to see my grandkids. My son was stationed there. And this was right before people really knew what was going on. This was like the first part of March. And I remember walking into the airport in San Antonio. It was early in the morning and Stephen dropped me off. And I walked in and there really weren't many people there. You know, it was kind of like, have you ever heard of that movie, Left Behind? You know, where everybody's gone and, you know, there's only a few people around. I was like, okay, I guess this thing must be a little more real than I thought. And all of a sudden, this uneasiness just came over me. Well, my husband already dropped me off. I didn't have a car or anything. And I just kept walking down the corridor, got through security. And people were, nobody was even looking at anybody. And this feeling that I hadn't wrestled with for years all of a sudden was back. And I was like, Lord, what is this? And it hit me. It was all the anxiety and the atmosphere. There was such an atmosphere of fear. And as I was walking, I thought, I know how to deal with this. So literally while I waited for my flight, I walked up and down the uh, corridor there and just praying peace over everybody. And after about 10 minutes, I was peaceful, went to Hawaii, had a good time. The world blew up while I was there and I worried if I would get home or not. And I think I got home in a couple of days after I got home, they shut down Hawaii. 
Um, so, you know, a fear of the future, a fear of unknown. We've even, you know, kind of got that now with a lot of issues in our, in our nation, with the border crisis, with the pandemic. Ladies, God has freedom, and we don't have to walk out, all, walk around all anxious and upset. And what about a fear of loving again? I had to face that when, um, after being widowed three years, and um, Stephen and I started dating, and I could tell I was starting to uh, to fall for him. And I remember one day stepping back, and I just thought, I, I don't know, I don't know. And he recognized it. I started kind of distancing myself, and he called me on it. He said, uh, what's going on? And when he, I was faced with that question, because I was kind of wrestling with it, I had to admit I was afraid of loving again. Because if I really loved him and married him, I could lose him. And so I had to wrestle with that fear at that moment in time and to decide. And at the end of the day, I thought, Lord, you were with me in that once. I know you'd be with me in that again if that happens. So, you know, you can have a fear. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you've been divorced. Maybe you've been abandoned. Maybe you've been rejected in some way. But the Lord has a good plan for your life. One day... I heard the words, fear is, and this is number three, fear is doubt and unbelief. And doubt and unbelief is not trusting God. And that is sin. And I'm telling you, when I heard those words, it was a game changer for me. It was a rude awakening. Because I had justified a lot of fears. And when I realized it was sin, and that's what God called it, that it was doubt and unbelief in God and who he was and who he wanted to be for me. And I called it sin. I knew at that moment, he called it sin. I knew at that moment I couldn't justify my fears anymore. I think there were a lot of fears I had justified and said, this is okay. And at that point, when I, I began and I learned that, I thought, okay, the Bible tells us real clear. If we've sinned in any area, we just have to go to him and confess our sins. And the Bible tells us he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and forgiveness. So that was a huge key for my freedom. And, you know, I was listening to a podcast this week, and they said something very interesting said in the research that research shows anxiety, fear, and depression are a direct correlation to the amount of time on social media. That if you spend a whole lot of time on social media and you're listening to all the things, how that can rob you. And they have statistics now about how that does not help in a lot of ways. Are there good things out there? Yes, there are. But how that has, that has, research has shown anxiety, depression, and fear, a lot of it are, li- are linked to the amount of time we spend on social media. And no generation like our generation has world news at their fingertips like we do. 
I mean, there's, I look at it in, in some ways that's, you know, we can, we can learn things. We can be prepared. Uh, I am thankful for some social media. It's helped me meet, reach a lot of people for the Lord. Um, I am on TikTok. I am on Instagram. I am on Facebook. But I'm out there getting good news out to people because there are people looking for it. And I was really anti that for a long time until I heard of the need that there was for kingdom messages, for people to proclaim who God was and his goodness. And uh, it's been amazing to me in some ways, but it can rob us of our peace and our make us anxious and depressed with all the things. You know, if you want to get rid of something in your life, you have to call it what it is. And fear is doubt and unbelief, and it's not trusting God, and that is sin. Another scripture I want to give you that reiterates this, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us, and this is number four, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So we can conclude two things from that. That number one, fear is a spirit and it's not from God. Fear is a spirit and it's not from God. That's what it says here. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us power, love, and a sound mind. And the enemy would love nothing more than to rob you of a sound mind and get you anxious and fearful. I love the Passion Translation. It says in this very same scripture, For God will never give you a spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power love and self-control isn't that a neat translation that's a passion translation so basically what that says is fear versus mighty power love self-control the choice is yours when you think about it and god warns us not to play with fear number five it's a hard truth but you can either walk in fear or you can trust god You can either walk in fear or trust God, and the choice is yours. One of them has to go, and you get to choose. I'll give you a good example. Um, When COVID hit, um, my husband was very concerned, and, you know, we were looking at a lot of things in a lot of different ways from you know, what should we do? How should we do it? How do we manage our lives? You know, just all the fear that that hit our world when COVID happened. And he came in one day and was, you know, talking about it. He'd been reading a lot, you know, on the news and the media and that and all. And I could see just his anxiety in that. And he just looked at me. And I looked at him because I just didn't say anything. I just listened to him for a while. And I just said, you know, I hear what you're saying. But I said, I can't go back. And he said, what are you talking about? I said, I can't go back and live in fear. 
as God set me free of it. And once you've tasted freedom, you don't want to go back. He delivered me from a fear of germs almost 30 years ago. And I said, I'm not going back. I refuse to live my life in fear. Yes, we need to be cautious. Yes, we need to, you know, take precautions. But I said, I can't go back. You and I get to choose. And at that moment, I saw, okay, he may want to go one direction. I may want to go another direction. Lord, we're we're living under the same roof. So, you know, put us in agreement about what we did. And and I know just with all the things that were going on and, and do you vaccinate, do you not, what do you do, all of this and that. And one day the Lord just tapped me on the shoulder and he said, you haven't asked me. And I was like, oh, okay, Lord, what do you have for me? Forget what you have for everybody else. Just what do you have for me? The call of my life and what you've called me to do. And I think that is, I just want, I know now, you know, there's some, it's back out there. It's, it's in our, you know, face a little bit again and go to the Lord, ask what he has for you to do and how do you walk it out? But it's, yes, we do have to use caution, but we can't let it totally grip and paralyze us like it did before. Isaiah 43 verse 5 says, do not be afraid. I am with you. Isn't that just short, sweet, simple? Do not be afraid. I am with you. I think one of the big problems is people entertain fear like a house guest instead of treating it like something that's trespassing. It's trespassing on your property if your heart belongs to Jesus because you have a God-given right to walk in peace in any situation that you face. Number six, tell fear to go. Fear go, you are not my friend. I think as long as we coddle our fears, they're going to hang around and we must deal ruthlessly with them to get free. And I know something I I taught, um, I was in public school and worked with little children um, for, I guess, seven years. And one of the things that, you know, how sometimes kids would be afraid to do this or fear, fear, afraid to do that. And I did this, you know, with my grandkids uh, now and and did, did it more with my younger son. But you can just very simply lean down and say, you know, fear's not your friend, and you can tell it to go. You know, empowering children, and I think we have to do that, especially here in Uvalde as our kids have gone back to school and it's been right in our face, things that have happened. Even telling your kids and empowering your children when they're afraid, Jesus is with you, but tell fear to go. It's not your friend. And that's very simplistic, but I promise you, it works. Isaiah 41 verse 9 says, You are my servant. I have chosen you, not rejected you. So do not fear. I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God offers us his hand and he offers us his hand to hold as we're walking through things that might be scary to us. 
And it says in Isaiah 35, verse 3, Strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Say to those that are fearful, that have fearful hearts, Be strong, do not fear. Your words, my words, have a lot of power. And we can either empower those around us to be fearful, or we can... We can empower them to be strong. We can strengthen their knees when they want to buckle. You may need to strengthen your husband. Maybe he's struggling with something in his life. Maybe, you know, your aunt or your sister or your cousin or your co-worker is struggling. God is causing, causing us, calling us, it says right here, to strengthen the feeble hands and steady the knees to give way. You and I can strengthen people by saying, you know, yeah, I can see how you might feel that way. But the Lord is with us. The Lord is with us and he'll walk us through. We live in a fallen world. We live in a world where there is going to be chaos. There's going to be death. There's going to be destruction. One day we'll get to heaven, and that's the perfect thing. But until then, we're going to have to contend with some of these things. And we can be those that strengthen. It says, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance and divine retribution, and he will save you. He is with us as we walk things out. And your encouragement breeds courage. All of us need it. Especially those that find themselves in the ashes of life. Your encouragement is of great value. You know, what about, let's go back to a fear of the unknown. I was listening to something, uh, this podcast this week, and... One of the things this gentleman said, uh, John Eldridge that wrote Wild at Heart, said that, that he said, he talked about setting a timer on his, on his watch or his phone and twice a day, how, we, how fear has gripped our society and how if we have a time, a set, a moment, a minute of time in our day, to just give whatever is concerning us um, to the Lord, just how it helps bring us back to a place when we when we focus on the Lord, take that moment. And I thought that's a great idea to just set set a timer on your thing to whatever it is you're concerned about or dealing with or can't figure out or don't know how to do or it's a fear and give that to the Lord just the benefit of that and I loved what he said because I think like I said people control out of fear control out of fear and that wears you out the what if syndrome I call it I struggled so much with that when my mom got sick and all of a sudden I was face to face with losing her and I tried so hard to, you know, make every doctor's appointment, make sure everything was good. I get upset when the caregivers didn't do exactly what they were supposed to do. And it was the anxiety and fear 
of losing her. And I had to just go to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm scared to death of losing my mom. And I just felt the Lord say, he said, and what's the worst that could happen? And I said, well, I guess she could die and she would be with you. And when I thought of that, it really brought peace to my heart. And my mother battled for nine years, for nine years. But I learned a lot in that season. And I learned that I'm not the Savior. God did not call you and he did not call me to be the Savior of everybody and everything. He sent Jesus to do that for us. So, you know, one of the things is these tools are here for us. But if we don't pick them up, we're going to do life the hard way. Tools, God's given us the tools. He's given us the peace. He's given us the forgiveness. He's given us uh, joy, righteousness. So many times we have to pick up these tools and the fruit of the Spirit. He's given us peace. I kept saying, Lord, give me peace. Lord, give me peace. And the Lord's like, I've given it to you. You just have to pick it up and practice it. He has. So that is the beauty. A lot of us, a lot of times we just need to practice. Um, you know, I went through fear of believing again. I remember going through a time and there was like, bam, one thing after another that was major happened in my life. Um, there were just some heartache that was going on within our family. And then my baby got pneumonia. Um, we bought a new Suburban and less than 48 hours later, it was stolen brand new, um, a close friend suddenly died, which was a jolt. Um, then my oldest went to, went to school, came home with pink eye. Um, my daughter went to a slumber party and came home with lice because I'd been playing with a baby bird. And I'm telling you there by this time I was like, and all this happened, bam, 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 bam. And I remember walking through Walmart <laughs> crying because I just was, what's going to happen next? You know, what is about to, to drop? And there was a difficulty. I struggled with a fear of really believing again and believing God was good. It's like, but he was teaching me. He was right there with me. He's going to help me through all of those things. Proverbs 3, verse 25 tells us, Be not afraid of sudden fear. Satan loves to make us feel scared and intimidated. And, you know, um, that's not anything new in the Bible. You look at the story of David and Goliath. If we had time to go through that story, Goliath was tormenting David with his words. He was a big bellering giant. He was really huge. And here David, what I love about this story, David was a shepherd boy and he had just spent a long time in the fields, tending the sheep, worshiping God. David knew who God was and who God wanted to be for him. And that was his security when he had that bellering giant accusing him and trying to intimidate him. 
and the rest of the story is David, the shepherd boy, the little guy, defeated that giant with five stones. So fear and intimidation is not anything new in the Bible. And I love what Proverbs 3.25 tells us, be not afraid of sudden fear. I remember once when I was widowed, and it was one of the first trips I took, and I went to California, and I was by myself, and I don't remember, I don't know, it's six, eight months, 10 months since I'd been widowed, but it was like the first trip, and all of a sudden I was all alone, and the reality of what really had shifted in my world had happened. And all of a sudden, my heart began to race. And I thought, it was racing so bad, I thought, okay, this is not normal. This is not normal. Lord, what is this? Do I need to go to the hospital? I don't want to die. But do I need to go to the hospital? What is it? And then it was like, I, I remembered several times in my job dealing with women that had panic attacks and um, just how I sat with them and prayed for them because one time it was all I could do until 911 got there and 911 quickly assessed the situation and said this is a panic attack but I was I can tell you I was having a panic attack and I thought what on earth do I do and I remember just Picking up my, I had a, um, what were those called back then? Little MP, a little player. And I put on my earphones and I just listened to worship music. And I just sat there and sobbed. But I let all the anxiety and fear that had just kind of built up in me because I was having to face the world on my own. And I didn't realize that I'd internalized it, but I needed to give it to the Lord. And do you know, after about 30 minutes, I got up and I was fine and I felt so much better. So much better. But panic attacks are real. They are real. Um, number eight in your notes. First John 4 verse 18 tells us, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. The more we live in an understanding of how radically loved we are, the more confident and secure we are. God dearly loves you. He dearly loves you. And he's not holding your past against you. He's not shaming you. He's right there with you. He's right there with you to help you evict fear that you've wrestled with. And he wants to help you see that that love, and as we make that love bigger than any of our circumstances, is going to set us free. I'm going to read this again. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment and the one who fears is not made perfect in love. 
Now, one of the things, if I fear, feel fear coming over me, uh, I just turn my heart to the Lord and say, Lord, I need a fresh revelation of your love for me. Just remind me how much you love me. That's simple. Lord, remind me of how much that you love me. And that is such a good antidote to the fears that we can face. Perfect love drives out fear. So just ask the Lord, Lord, I just need more of a revelation of your love for me. When fear tries to creep back in, this is number nine. I simply say, I need a greater revelation of your love for me. I want to challenge you to examine your life and see what fears you need to be set free of. Fear is bondage, and Christ has come to set us free. Whenever we face our fears and acknowledge them as sin, God's gracious and good to forgive us. And repentance is our friend, and asking him for a fresh revelation of his love. So, freedom from fear. I want to give you just, because I'm a give-it-to-me kind of person, spell it out. Number one, examine your heart. Which fear do you need to deal with first? So, take some time in your homework this week to say, okay, Lord, which one do you want to deal with now? He's not going to say you need to deal with all 15 of them. He's just going to say, let's just work on this one. Let's get some victory in this area. And then it gives you courage to go to the next one. So ask the Lord, which one do you want to deal with? He'll bring something to your mind. Number two, call your fear what it is. It's doubt and unbelief. Recognize it as sin. And ask God to forgive you. Number three, treat it as you would a thief or a robber. If a thief were to come into your house, you would be screaming. You don't have to scream at fear, though. You would be screaming. You'd be kicking, kicking it out. You'd be calling 911. Okay, fear comes to your house, call 911 Jesus. Okay? Call on him. Don't treat it as a house guest. Be quick to repent and ask for his forgiveness if you realize, oh my goodness, I I can see that. Uh, I had so much trouble with last week's lesson. It was a good one. And I recorded it here. It did not save to Facebook Live. I went home and true confessions, I sat in front of my phone for 10 minutes. Just, okay, here I have to do this lesson again. Okay, what if I mess up? I hate doing Facebook Live, I really do. Because you're just out there and you're vulnerable in a sense. But you know what? It's worth it to get the message of who Jesus wants to be. But I finally had to say, this is Kathleen, this is fear. It's got to go. And just do it. And so 
we have to just tell it to go. It's not my friend. And I was like, fear go. You're not my friend. And I pushed the button and I did it again. Went home and did it again um, because it didn't take here. And I was determined to get it out. Um, so number four was tell fear to go. It's not your friend. Number five, ask God to show you anytime you're walking in fear. He'll show you the Holy Spirit wants to be your best friend. And number six, ask God for a greater revelation of his love for you. He loves 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 you. And then number seven, I think it's good, and I'm going to do this, but set your phone, set an alarm on your phone, and you might call it the one-minute pause. You might call it Jesus. I don't care what you call it, but just for one minute to whatever it is you're struggling with at that moment, or you've been struggling with that morning or that afternoon, or that you're trying to fix you're trying to fix or you're trying to control and just say, Lord, I bring these things to you. I know I'm not in control or in charge of anything. I can't fix them. I need you. Lord, thank you for your love for me. You can just sit there and thank him for your love, his love for you, because he wants to walk with you and me and wants to be a part of everything. Maybe you're having trouble getting the dishes done. You know, it doesn't matter, but it matters to him. Nothing is too small or insignificant. If it matters to you, it matters to him because he loves you and wants relationship with you. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you, Lord, that you have answers for our everyday life. And I thank you, God, that it's not in your heart that we walk in anxiety, depression, and fear. Lord, you've come so we can have life and life abundantly. And so help us run to you, Lord, for freedom from every fear we face. Help us to see you as bigger. Help us to reverence you and see how great you are and how great your love is for us. And ask you to bless each person here. And I just proclaim freedom from fear. Because I know that's in your heart for each of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey friends, I really appreciate you joining me. I am also on social media. So if you enjoyed this podcast, I'd just like to ask you to share it with a friend. You can share it via text. You can share it with maybe your neighbor or a loved one that's struggling with anxiety and fear. Um, Check me out on TikTok, on Instagram, and I just ask God to richly bless you. And remember, free people set other people free.